welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Hello, everyone. It's nice to see you all tonight. Pastor Jenny wants to say something real quick. Hello, chaps. I have a friend. He likes to say, hello, chaps. And then I go Kensington here. So, <laughs> hello, chaps. Guys, I really want, we want to thank you. We didn't get to watch the video. You guys missed an awesome video that so many of you got to put together. We watched it in the first. It was just, it was precious. Like, honestly, it was just precious. I was moved to tears so many times. And it was, what was so, it was just so raw and real. It just it was this every, it was just everything that represented this season, just from the heart totally real the sound and the video didn't work at first so I was like yep this is just it's just parallel you know it's just representative of the season and it just makes it so much more precious to me so we really want oh there you are yes good almost walked into that we want to say even from Sydney and Josiah yes. thank you Absolutely. thank you and what I was saying in the ser- first service was there's not just us yeah. there's us there's us and the people that were in the first service and then the people that watch online and, you know, the ones that we watch, all of it. Like, there's just, there's just us. We are the church together. Like, I love this quote from Mother Teresa. You probably heard me say this before. She said, I can't do what you can do. You can't do what I can do. But together, we get to make something beautiful for God. So we honor you. We, do. we thank you. Listen in. This is a really hot word from the Spirit of God for all of us tonight. So. Hot word. Okay. Is that like hot good? Hot? All right. All right. Holy Spirit hot. <clears throat> yep. Holy Spirit hot. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's pray together real quick. Father, we thank you for tonight. God, we thank you for your word, that it's life and it's truth, that it brings healing that it brings restoration. And Father, I ask right now that you put your words in my mouth and in my spirit and in my mind and in my heart that I only say the things you want me to say and may you do what you want to do. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. amen. And you know that amen means so be it. So be it. Yeah, Jen's, Jen's new favorite expression is we're here for it. And also, Jen, you're just, like, you're just like the quote machine tonight. Like last service, you were quoting Isaac Newton. This service, you're quoting Mother Teresa. Can't wait to hear who else you got to quote tonight. You better get your pens down and get ready to write some quotes. Uh, it's, it's good to be here tonight. It's good to see you all tonight. Um, I want to encourage you all to, when you talk to your friends, to encourage your friends, whether it's on Saturday nights or whether it's Sunday mornings, that everybody begins to get their butts back to church of some kind. We are moving into a season where uh, it's a time to gather. It's not a time to disperse. It's not a time to be alone. It's not a time to try and figure out how to do life by yourself. It's a time to be back in community. And one of the side effects of this whole COVID stuff is that we're all kind of um, withdrawn by ourselves, off doing our own things. We get busy with life. And I'm telling you what, I'm telling you what, I'm telling you what, 
Now is not the time to be alone. Now is the time, if like never before, to gather. Whether it's on Sunday mornings and you're watching church online with some friends or whether you come on Saturday nights, it is important to gather and be in community so that you have people that are walking alongside of you, that are helping you, that are praying for you, that are believing God with you and believing God for you. Get to church. Look at a neighbor and say, he's talking to you. He's talking to you. He's talking to you. He's talking to you and your friends. He's talking to you and your friends. Chris, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Yeah. Hands on the hips. I'm talking to you. Open your Bibles with me. and We're going to look at John chapter 10 tonight. Gospel of John. John chapter 10. And uh, in case you didn't know it, today is Halloween. So it's a big day out there. It's a big day. Probably when you were driving here, you might have seen kids all over the place, like trick-or-treating, go out with little candy bags, dressed up with all kinds of like costumes and all kinds of stuff. It's cute. Uh, at the core of Halloween, it's not as cute. It's, at its core, has a lot of wickedness and evil and at its very root, death. I'm not here to preach against Halloween, but I have a message that I want to share with you tonight. And I think it's interesting that God wanted me to share it with you tonight because tonight is the night when the world is out there ripping it up, having a hooting, hollering time. <laughs> Celebrating. You see like skeletons all over the place. You see like scary movies. You see like you can even look on, like, if you look on Amazon Prime or Netflix, they have, like, whole scary, like, Halloween collection movies. If you look at Spotify or Apple Music, they have, like, Halloween music collection. I don't know what a Halloween music collection is, but apparently there's scary songs that they've curated in a playlist. The world is celebrating these things, and tonight Jesus wants to celebrate, and Jesus wants to talk to you about life. And I believe that he's got a specific word that he wants me to share with each and every one of you that is for you tonight about life. So in your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 10, verse 10. This is where we're going to start. We're talking about life tonight. We're talking about the life that Jesus gives to each and every one of us through his death on the cross. And it's amazing to me that for you and me, when we die, it's just death. But Jesus died and in his death brought forth life. Oh, you don't seem nearly as excited about that as I am. Mm, 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 mm. In Jesus' death, he brought Josh Frisky life. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He brought me life. He brought you life. He brought the people that were alive in 1357 in France. He brought those people life. And if we're here in the year 2727, well, we won't be here in 2727. But if people are alive on the planet in 2727 in Iceland or Finland or on the west coast of Canada, Jesus' death brought those people life. And the death that he brought conquered, or the life that he brought conquered death and the grave. John 10.10, 10, 
says this. It says that the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Some translations say that he only came to steal, to kill, and destroy. Take a look at your life. Take a look at your family. Take a look at your relationships. Take a look at your thought life. Take a look at your emotions. Take stock of your life. And if you see things in your life being stolen, if you see things in your life being killed, 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 getting worked up, man, I'm getting worked up killed if you see them being killed and if you see things being destroyed let me tell you right now that is not of god that is not from jesus that's from the enemy the devil because jesus go on to say he said i came that you may have life and life more abundantly in the greek that word abundantly means super abundant in quantity, in amount. Like you have a super abundant life and superior in the quality of your life. Uh Uh-huh. In the Greek, that word abundant means super abundant in quality and superior in quantity of life. Jesus didn't come For you, he didn't come down, he didn't go to the cross, he didn't sacrifice his life willingly so that you could have a so-so, mediocre, hmm, life. That's not what he came to do. He came down and laid his life down so that you could live a life in and through him that is abundant. So everywhere you go, everything you do, the life that you live should be super abundant, abounding in life, abounding in God's goodness, abounding in his wisdom and his revelation and his insight. That's the kind of life that he wants you to have. John chapter 14, go there with me. John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus is talking and he makes this statement. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the... Are you sure? About seven people sounded like they were sure about that. He says, I am the... The... And the... Mm-hmm. Do you notice the singular article before each of those words? Who knows what an article is in English? A, an, and the... And do you notice this, the singular form? Because there's not a plural of the form word the. You could say they, but he says the. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. There is no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. The absolute truth is Jesus, and he is the life. And here's what God wants to tell you tonight. We're going to look at a few different stories. But the Spirit of God wants to say to you tonight, I don't want you to listen to this. I don't want you to look at me while I say this to you. And I want you to open your hearts, because this isn't me saying this to you. This is the Spirit of God saying this to you. And he is saying to you tonight that I am bringing 
the dead things back to life. I don't know what happens in your life. I don't know what dead things you have in your life. I don't know if there's been relationships that have died. I don't know if there has been emotions that have died inside of you that you've got so hurt at some point in your life that you began to close down different emotions and you've closed off areas of your heart. I don't know if passions and desires and dreams in your life have died. I don't know if there is sickness and death in your body and things are dying inside of you. I don't know. But the Spirit of God does, and the Spirit of God is saying to you tonight in this place that I am bringing the dead things back to life. Go with me to the Gospel of Luke. And there's three different stories. I don't know if we're going to look at all three. But we're going to start in Luke chapter 7. Who's got a Bible tonight? I hear pages turning. Oh, it's a beautiful sound. Beautiful sound, beautiful sound. I see your Bible. Oh, yeah. I don't, no, no. I see your Bible. I just love Bibles. Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 11 is where we're going to look. Jesus has just finished his interaction with the Roman centurion. You know, the guy who his servant was dying and he was really valuable to him and he didn't want his servant to die, so he sent word to Jesus that said, hey, come to my house and come and I know that you can heal this guy. And he said, you don't even have to come to my house, just say the word, just say the word and I know that, that my servant will be healed. And so Jesus has just finished this interaction with this guy. And in verse 11, it says, soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain. And a large crowd followed him. And a funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son. And a large crowd from the village was with her. So you've got Jesus walking into this village and a big crowd is with him. Tons of people following Jesus. And then he's walking into this village and there's a large crowd coming out of this village because a lady's son has died. And the Bible tells us that she's a widow. Her husband has died. The Bible says this is her only son. And the Bible tells us that she's crying. The people are mourning with her. That they're weeping with her. And they are walking out in a funeral procession to go and bury this woman's only son. Verse 13 says... When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. And he said to her, don't cry. Don't cry. The Spirit of God wants to say to you tonight that he's looking into your lives and he's seen the things in your life that have died that weren't supposed to die. That it wasn't their time to die yet. And he's looking into your life and he is having compassion. He is having compassion in those things. He's looking at your life and saying, no, it's not time for that. I feel the pain that you have felt. I feel those wounds that you are carrying. I'm having compassion on you. And when Jesus has compassion on you, he doesn't just say, oh, I understand. It'll get better. One day, one day you'll be okay. Time heals all wounds. When Jesus has compassion on you, he begins to move. 
Verse 14, he walks over to the coffin and he touches it. And the guys that were carrying the coffin, now this wasn't a coffin like you or me think of. They didn't have nice fancy coffins like we have today. In reality, they were probably carrying this guy on some kind of stretcher. And they had people carrying him, probably two on each side, like we would have pallbearers. But they're carrying this guy, this boy, this young boy is wrapped up in, in tomb grave clothes. And he's all wrapped up because they're going to go bury him and stick him in a tomb somewhere. And they're carrying this boy through town. And Jesus sees the woman crying. He sees the widow whose only son has died. And he begins to have compassion on her. And the Bible says that he walks over and he grabs on. He grabs on. He grabs on. And let me tell you, in Jewish culture, you were not supposed to touch dead things. If you touch something dead, it made you unclean. Can I just tell you today that the things in your life that have died, that Jesus is stronger and greater and victorious over those things. So he's not afraid to walk into your life and touch those dead things. The Bible says that he touches the coffin and the guys walking stop it. They stop moving. They stop. And Jesus says... In verse 14, young man, I tell you, get up. Young man, I tell you, get up. Jesus has stopped this funeral procession dead in its tracks. No pun intended. They've all stopped. He's had compassion on this woman. And he walks over and says, he speaks directly to the dead thing. He speaks directly to that thing that has died. And he says, I tell you, get up. The Spirit of God is speaking into your life tonight. To the things in your life that have died. The things that you have allowed to die. He's speaking to those things right now. He's walked over and he's arrested it on its path, on its journey to the grave. He's walked up. You're, you're in the process of taking this thing to the tomb and burying it once and for all and saying, I'm going to put this thing away. I'm going to close. I'm going to put the stone over it. And this thing's going to be dead and gone once and for all because that's what we do with dead things. We bury them. But in the process of carrying that thing off to the grave, Jesus is walking up and stopping you from burying it and says, I'm bringing that thing back to life. The looks on your face are like, hmm, interesting concept. Jesus, in your life, is bringing those things that have died back to life. In Luke chapter 8, there's a story of the man named Jairus who his only daughter was sick and dying. And he sends word to Jesus. He goes and finds Jesus and says, you've got to come to my house. My daughter is sick and dying and needs you to come see her. Jesus goes to her house. On the way there, they get stopped. And Jesus 
has an interaction with the story that we called the woman with the issue of blood. And as he's talking to her, the servants from Jairus' house show up. This is in Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 40. And in verse 49, I think, Jesus is talking to the woman. She's just been healed. She's just been set free. And the Bible says that Jairus' servants show up, and they say to him, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter's dead. She's, she's gone. There's no reason for Jesus to come to our house. There's no reason for Jesus to come and see. She's dead. There's people at the house already. They're weeping. They're crying. They're getting ready to bury her. Just don't bother Jesus anymore. He's too important. Verse 50, I think it is. Jesus overhears what has just been said. And he says this. When Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith and she will be healed. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. She'll be healed. For a lot of us, the things in our lives that have died can be scary. Death and fear go hand in hand, it seems. And they walked up and said, your daughter's dead. And some of you have said those things in my life that were once there, that were once alive, that were once fruitful, that were once flourishing, that were once growing, that were once beautiful to look at, they've died. And when you've looked at those things in your life and you saw that they were dead, you got afraid, you got scared, and you weren't sure what was going to happen next, you weren't sure how to move forward, you weren't sure what you were supposed to do about it, and you got scared. And Jesus is saying today to you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because I conquered death and the grave. And he's walking into your life tonight in this place. He's walking into your relationships that you thought were dead. He's walking into your finances. He's walking into your mind that doesn't work the way that it once did. He's walking into your emotions that are all out of whack and you're not sure what's wrong with you. He's walking into those places in your life where there is death running rampant and it has caused you to be afraid and he's saying, don't be afraid because I'm here and I'm bringing the dead things back to life. Jesus goes on. I love how Jesus doesn't stop. I love how he doesn't stop. I love how he doesn't give up. Oh, she's, she's in heaven. It's a better place for her. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm going to go do something else now. You guys want a tuna fish sandwich? Come on, boys. Let's get a tuna fish sandwich. He says to Jairus, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just believe. So they go on to the house. The Bible says that when they get there, Jesus wouldn't let anybody go into the house with him except for the girl's mom and dad and Peter and James and John. And he makes an outlandish statement. Shows up. Everybody's crying. Everybody's sobbing. This 12-year-old this 12, 12 little girl has just died. It's tragic. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. And Jesus shows up and he says to all of them, stop crying. She's not dead. She's just asleep. 
And everybody begins to laugh at Jesus. You know, tease him, make fun of him. But Jesus boots them all out of the house and goes inside with his three disciples and the mom and the dad. Some of you may need to remove people from your life that are speaking death into it. Some of us have allowed voices to surround us and to speak into our life saying, it's dead, it's time to let it go, it's dead. This relationship is dead. Those thoughts, those dreams, those passions, those desires, dead. Let them go, let them go, move on, forget about it. But see, Jesus cleared out the house, hit the road, hit the road. You know, I imagine, I can't speak for Jesus, obviously, but if there had been people there that when Jesus said, she's not dead, she's just asleep, if they'd been like, yeah, let's go, Jesus, he probably would have let those people stay in the house because of their faith. But all these people started making fun of, started teasing, started laughing at And he said, it's time for you to hit the road. I need you out of here because what I don't need is a lack of faith. Because what Jesus had just said previously is, don't be afraid, just have faith. Some of us need to remove people from our life that are speaking death, that are allowing death to stay, that are allowing death to circle us and surround us and perpetuate the cycle of fear. Jesus walks into that room. He's made this outlandish statement. He said, she's not dead, she's asleep, and everybody knows she's dead. Even Jesus knows that in the natural, she's dead. But the Bible says that he walks into that room. And again, we see Jesus walk right up to the thing that is died. And he grabs this little girl's hand. I imagine it's cold. And he grabs her hand. And he says this, my child, get up. And the Bible says that immediately the girl's spirit came into her. She jumps up. She sits up. And Jesus says to her parents, get this girl some food. I'm telling you tonight, while the world is out celebrating death and fear, and trauma, and have no understanding of what's really going on, the Spirit of God is saying to you tonight in this place that I am bringing the dead things back to life. The Spirit of God is walking into your life. He's walking into your circumstances. He's walking into the situations where you find yourself on a daily basis, and he's not afraid of death. He's not afraid to encounter death. He's not afraid to touch death because he has already overcame death. And he walks in and he grabs it by the hand and he's saying to those dead things in your life, get up. Dead dreams, get up. Dead desires, get up. Dead passions, get up. 
those things that you've allowed to die, to those people that are surrounding you, speaking death over you, that are saying, it's dead, let it go, take it to the tomb and bury it once and for all and move on. Jesus is stopping you in the midst. He's saying, ah, I'm not done with it yet. And he walks right into your life. And he gets right down in the middle of your mess. And he speaks life and he says, get up. We're not going to look at the story in John chapter 11, but John chapter 11, almost the entire chapter, verse 1 to verse 44 or 48 or something, is the story of Lazarus. And you all know that story. But the very end of the story, Jesus shows up finally. Lazarus has been sick, and Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus and said, you need to come back. Your friend, your dear friend, Lazarus is sick, and if you don't come back, he's going to die. Jesus says, I'm not going anywhere. And he hangs out where he's at for two more days and finally begins to make his way back. By the time he gets back, Lazarus has been dead for four days. This four-day marker is a big deal. You need to know this. It's not in the Bible by, by circumstance. It's not in the Bible as a fact of history. It's not in the Bible just so you understand where Jesus had spent his week. It's in the Bible on purpose. And the reason it's in the Bible, because in the Jewish time where they lived, in the day and age they were in, they believed that up to three days somebody could come back to life. They believed that if you were dead for one day, you could still come back to life. They believed if you were dead for two days, you could still come back to life. They believed for three days, you could still come back to life. But at the end of that third day, if you hadn't come back to life, you were not coming back to life. And so Jesus waits until Lazarus has been dead for four days. And he shows up at that tomb. And he tells everybody, move that stone away. Move that stone away. Let's go. Hook a chain up to that bad boy. Pull it out of the way. And they all say, Jesus, we can't. Jesus, we can't. He's been dead four days. It is so hot out here. You know that if you move that stone, it's going to smell terrible he's been in there for four days hot cooking decomposing we all know that if you came yesterday and in fact both mary and martha said to jesus separately if you had just come back our brother would still be alive what i love about this story is the things that we thought were dead and gone for good the things that you packed up in your life and you made it to the tomb without Jesus stopping you like that woman taking her son to the grave and you made it all the way in there, you tucked that thing away, you rolled the stone over it and you left it. What I love about this is even in that situation, Jesus can show up, move the stone away and still call that thing out back to life. You, you know what happens. You know what happens. Jesus says, move the stone. They move the stone, and Jesus just stands there and says, Lazarus, come on out. God, man, I want to see that. 
on the DVD of biblical stories when we get to heaven, that is high on my list that I want to watch. I want to watch everybody's astonishment and, and the, the, the sheer lack of, of audacity of Jesus saying, move the stone away. Let's all smell what's going to happen here. And I want to see Lazarus when Jesus says, come out. I want to see Lazarus wrapped up in his grave clothes. Or he's got it. Listen, they didn't wrap the legs individually. They wrapped them together. So you know that Lazarus had to come hopping out like a bunny. And his head's wrapped up and his body's wrapped up. He's probably wrapped up like this. And he's probably bouncing out. And Jesus is saying, come out. It don't matter what your circumstances look like. It don't matter how bad you think they're bound up. It don't matter how long they've been dead for. When Jesus walks into your life and says, come out. When he walks into your life and he says, it's time to get up. When he says, get off of that mat. Whatever he says, it's what's going to happen. It is good, Chris. Young man, get up. My child, you're not dead, you're just asleep. Get up. Lazarus, come here, buddy. Come out of that grave. Good Lord, the authority in the name of Jesus and the authority in Jesus' voice, I can just see death quivering at the sound of Jesus saying, Lazarus, come here. Death can't hold you. That grave can't hold you. I'm calling you out right now. And what I will tell you tonight is that God is saying to you, I am bringing the dead things back to life. I want to finish up tonight by taking communion together. Because I want to remember what Jesus did on the cross for us. Those are not gunshots. I want to remember the price that he paid for us. Like I said in the beginning, that his death is the only death that has brought us life. Yeah, come on. I just want to add this quick because I've got to jump to the keyboard tonight. Um, the Lord, the Spirit of God said this to me in the first service, and he said there's grace in the get-up. And, and in this service, he said, tell them this season isn't going to get the best of them. This season is going to bring out the best in them. Because there's grace in the get-up. And I'm thinking about an oil press. And I'm thinking about a great press. But, you know, the olive press brings out the oil. Not the oil press, but the olive press. Brings out the oil. The grape press brings out the juice. 
Jesus said, tell them that this season isn't going to get the best of them. It's going to bring out the best in them. Because church, there's grace in the get-up. There's grace in the get-up. And I'll just end with this, telling you a quick story. 18-year-old Jenny, in a service like this, on a Wednesday night in church in Chilliwack, the guest speaker speaking had a word of knowledge at the end of the service. And he began to share this word of knowledge an 18-year-old me was like, shoot, shoot. And it was really embarrassing. For a girl, it was really embarrassing. And he detailed it. Like, that guy had guts. Like, he detailed it. And my heart is pounding. And I'm like, God, you better heal me. If I go up there, you better heal me because everyone's going to know what I've been afflicted with. And I don't want any man, like, I just don't want anyone to know what I'm going through. 18-year-old Jenny wrestles with the Lord takes a step because there's grace in the getup. goes to the front he prays for me I was totally healed and never dealt with that again there's grace in your getup tonight we're going to take communion but before we do I want you all just to close your eyes for a minute and I want you take just a moment to think about your own life and you could be listening to me talk tonight and say Jake I have no idea what you're talking about I don't think I've had things die in my life but I want you to take just a moment and ask God to point out things in your life that maybe have died that you've allowed to die and in fact that you went and buried that weren't supposed to be dead yet maybe it's dreams and desires maybe it's relationships maybe you've killed off emotions maybe you've put up walls that have died in your life. I want you to stand up like when Jesus said to that boy, young man, get up. And when Jesus said to that little girl, my child, get up. And when Jesus said to Lazarus, come out. I want you to stand up as a way of saying, I see that, I recognize that, I understand it. And I understand that you are greater than the death in my life and that you are bringing the dead things back.
this wafer together and this wafer represents Jesus' body that was broken on the cross for us that was bruised First Peter tells us that by his stripes on the cross we were healed Father we remember right now yes we do God your body that you willingly laid down, that you sacrificed for us. We remember the stripes that were laid on your back. We remember the bruises. We remember the crown of thorns. We remember the nails that were driven into your hands and your feet. And Jesus, we are thankful that you paid a price by sacrificing your life that we could never, ever pay. We thank you that you bought our healing. We remember, we remember, we remember what you did on the cross for us. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take the bread. represents his blood that was poured out for us his blood that ran down his body from those stripes from the crown of thorns from the wounds in his hands and his feet from his beating from the pain that he endured but this blood also represents a new covenant that makes us right in God's sight. And Jesus, we thank you for shedding your blood. 
for making us white as snow. We thank you for paving the way and making a new covenant with your Father for us. We honor you. We love you. We're so thankful. Let's take the juice. Stand up with me and we're going to worship for a minute. And as we do, I want to tell you something the Spirit of God just said to me. He said, some of us here aren't quite ready. We're not quite ready yet to have those things that died be brought back to life. He said, some of us here are still okay with those things in the tomb. Jesus wants you to know that he's right here ready and waiting and when you're ready for those things to come back to life all he has to do is say the word let him continue to speak to you let him continue to reveal things to you Maybe you don't even understand or know yet, but let his spirit continue to speak to you. Let's sing the song again. Resurrection power in your 
Jesus, that hope is rising. That where there was despair, that was where there was fear, that where there was worry, where there was anxiety, that where there was stress and de-stress, that hope is rising because of the resurrection power in your hands. Father, we love you. bunch of people sharing. We have one of our five for fives. It's going to be great. You're not going to go miss it. Ruth is sharing and she's right here. Go home tonight and let God breathe into your life. Let him speak to those things that have died. Let him call them back to life and you watch and see Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.